If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. What are you doing? This week we're talking about death. Okay. I'm singing the death song. Okay. To our listeners, you're familiar. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Becca, and uh, this comic is way darker than the men in gorilla suits would lead you to believe. <laughs> my name is Josh, and you can't stop crime. That's what you never understood. I'm controlling it. You want to rule them all by fear, but what do you do to those who aren't afraid? I'm doing what you won't. I'm taking them out. Ooh, is that from Under the Red Hood? Uh, it's a quote from Red Hood. Okay, that's fine. Uh, all right. Good to know. Uh, so welcome to Batmates. We're a podcast all about Batman, usually Silver Age Batman, but we like to cheat the system. And you can't stop us. What are you going to do? Come to my house? Tell me to... Not talk about modern Batman stuff. You don't do that, please. Please don't do that. Please don't come to our house. But you can't tell me what to do, is my point. This is a one-way conversation. If you can you talk do, into you can, your radio. Well, no, but you could. You can email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. You could. Or you could uh, yell at me on Twitter at Batmates. And we do encourage you to do that. But until you do that, you can't stop me. <laughs> Uh, And this week, following our last episode that was all about Dick Grayson, we are talking about the one and only Jason Todd, a Robin who is near and dear to my heart. Robin number two. And we are connecting that to a Silver Age comic. Huh? See? We didn't cheat the system. That is all about the death of Dick Grayson? Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Do we have any news? Uh, the pictures for the Batman. Oh, God. There's, there's, there's new pictures for the Batman movie. Shout out to friend of the podcast, Natalie, who you may remember from our Justice League episode, who, uh, upon us not having any news at all and being about to record the podcast with no news segment, texted me, did you see the pictures of the Riddler? LOL. And then suddenly <laughs> we had news. Do we have confirmation that... Okay, so it's the the news is that there's a calendar yeah. that's based on the Batman movie mm-hmm. with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And do we have confirmation that that one picture is definitely the Riddler? It's either the Riddler or it's Robot Man from Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me is Robot Man from Doom Patrol. Or the Iron Giant. I mean, he, it looks like he's wearing a trash bag over his face. Is that what it looked like to you? It looked it, like a robot mask to me. A robot mask? I don't know. Just I, like a robot head on his head. It's like a thing that he's he has over his head that's not... Doesn't scream Riddler to me. Hmm. So that's why I was asking if you knew for sure that it was the Riddler. I think it's supposed to be him. Wh- whatever is it? it is, it's a costuming choice for sure. Yeah. Wasn't there a part in the trailer where he was like covered in duct tape? Or he like covered somebody else in duct tape? Yeah, I do do remember that maybe that's what it's supposed to be okay so yeah look this up look up this it's a low resolution photo because it's like one of the small pictures on the back of the calendar but there was also a photo released of the catwoman costume yeah which is also a choice it looks like She's wearing, Josh said I couldn't say the real word. It's a hat that one might wear to a woman's march, uh, a black hat, you know, you know that one. Uh, and But she's like cut out a hole in the front and pulled it down over her face. So it looks kind of like a balaclava with little cat ears. Yeah. It's a choice. It's got a little bit of the cat ears to it, but it didn't, again, didn't scream Catwoman to me. Yeah. Just sort of was like, oh, this is a, this is a weird balaclava that this woman is wearing. Yeah. It fits the like early in their careers aesthetic. I guess that I so, feel yeah. like... The Batman's going for. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like grungy. Um, I, I guess the word I'm looking for is like kind of bare bones. Because I know that the homemade. Bat- yeah, yeah. The, there's been like Batmobile concept art, and I think Hot Wheels came out with like their Batmobile. Mm-hmm toy that you can buy and it's basically it's kind of like a muscle car that's just been outfitted to look a little more like a traditional batmobile Mm -hmm. but it still kind of just looks like a muscle car yeah 
Um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I don't know. These pictures. I was I was optimistic about this movie. These pictures have made me a little less optimistic about the movie. Listen, if there's one thing I know, it's that Robert Pattinson can turn any trash movie into a treasure movie, <laughs> and I'm ready for him to do that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll we'll review it when it comes out for sure. I'm excited. Is that your only news? That's the only news that we had this week. All right. Well, let's jump right into this comic. Sure. Silver Age review. Batman issue number one fifty six seven no one fifty six sorry uh, Robin dies at dawn released June nineteen sixty three writer was Bill Finger penciler Sheldon Moldov inker Charles Paris the usual suspects mm-hmm. uh, letterer David Huffine and editor Jack Schiff cool and once you dig out this comic. Keep a hold on to it, because we are definitely going to come back and talk about the first story at some point. It's just too good. Yeah, yes. The first story in this is very interesting, and we would love to come back and cover it. Uh, And actually kind of ties a little bit into this comic, but we're going to skip over the ways that it does. Yeah. So... It begins with a little burb, says, The friendship of Batman and Robin is one that has stood steadfast as a rock. To Batman, Robin is like his own son, and Robin would be bra- would brave any danger to keep Batman from harm. Now this friendship becomes the pivotal point of a strange adventure in a fantastic world, a world where doom waits and where Batman is confronted by the terrible truth that Robin dies at dawn. So sad. <laughs> would you like to say what the, the sort of teaser cover panel looks like? Yeah, so it's got a big old, looks like a robot. It's like a stone giant and Mm -hmm. Robin and Batman and Robin running away from it. And Robin says, that stone idol is alive. And Batman says, it's coming after us. Run, Robin, run. Yeah, it's got it's got four arms and kind of a cat-ish looking face. Yeah. It, it, it comes to a V at the top. It's not nearly the most horrific thing in this comic. <laughs> so... We open up, Batman is sent hurtling through space by a strange force and swirling lights and lands on an alien planet. Something that he deduces because it has two moons, Mm -hmm. not to the like weird craters and plants surrounding him. Yeah. He realizes that he has no memory and has got uh, on how he has got here and that his utility belt is gone as well. It's weird that he questions why his tools are gone, but not the fact that he can breathe in the alien planet air. (laughs) He's like, hmm, that's weird. My tools are gone. <laughs> he, he posits that perhaps it was aliens that dropped him here and erased his memory. Uh, feeling alone and a looming sense of danger, Batman wanders the alien wastes until he happens upon the remains of an ancient alien city. As he makes his dis- this discovery, a large plant shoots out a tendril and coils around Batman. The plant that attacks him reminds me of the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Oh, yeah? It's a little face. So this is the most lasting memory I have of Stranger Things when Josh and I first watched it. The first time you, like, see the Demogorgon, it does that reveal where it opens its face up. Josh, not afraid at all, was like, aw, it's a flower. (laughs) (laughs) This is, it looks like a little, it's got a little flower face on top of it. I'm not scared of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. Oh, God. (laughs) Batman struggles against the plant and laments that he doesn't have Robin there to help him and calls out to the boy Wonder. Miraculously, Robin emerges from the ruins and uh, is wielding something that resembles like a boat oar or an axe. And he whacks the plant, uh, which releases its grip on Batman and frees him. Robin being useful? That's how I know this is a dream. (laughs) Batman asks how Robin got here, but Robin says that they need to move because plants are coming. More plants are coming to to get them. The motion lines make my skin crawl. Just like the way these things look like they're moving. Yeah. It's super upsetting. So these other plants don't look like the original plant that caught Batman. They're kind of like jellyfish. Jellyfish, but like with more tendrils on top. Yeah. And all their motion lines look like they sound like when they move and I don't like it. (laughs) So as they travel away from these plants that are coming after them, the sun begins to rise and Batman has the nagging feeling that he's being watched. The two come across a massive stone statue with four arms, which comes to life and begins chasing them. Can you, um, can you just, uh, just do me a favor and just read the description of that panel? Yes, sure. 
then, amazingly, the stone figure suddenly rears erect. <laughs> rears erect. It's alive and coming after them. Uh, they begin to flee, and they come to a chasm, which they use a tree branch to swing over. Robin laments that the chasm won't stop the giant, which can just step over it. But Batman notices that the opposite side is weak, meaning that the giant will fall if he steps on it. Mm. The Colossus stops, looking for better footing, but Robin, realizing that this will foil their plan, uh, throws a rock at the big lug and in, in an attempt to get it to come after them. The giant grabs a boulder to throw at them and strides across the chasm to Robin, who is shouting, Come on, big boy, I'm still waiting for you. This is a world-class performance from Dick. I <laughs> love his heroicism in this comic. Yes. Uh, the ledge gives way under the giant statue's weight, but the boulder falls from its hands and onto Robin, killing him. Ugh. Boulder to the head has got to be one of the absolute worst ways to go. Unless it's quick, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it just reminded me. This is me. also the way that Alfred in real life died in the Alfred comic that oh, where he yeah. dies. Oh, yeah. You're right. He did, he did get crushed by a boulder. They reused that a couple of they times. They do. I mean, is it the only way to kill a superhero is to crush them by a boulder? I mean, Alfred and Dick are just guys. I know, they're so, just regular people. And also, both of them end up surviving this. Is was it? I wonder if there was something about the comics code. It's like, you know, somebody can't get shot, they can't get stabbed, but falling rocks is okay. Falling rocks is just fine. <laughs> uh, it just reminded me of... Uh, you. Did you ever read the book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven? Uh, no. So I read it in middle school, okay. which was like about 15 years ago. And the only clear thing that I truly remember from it is the description of the main character character's death when a ferris wheel cabin falls on him oh, geez. it's like the most i won't even repeat it here because it's just it's been it's been burned into my mind for all of these years and i'm gonna say is that mitch album is a sick man <laughs> great book sick man yes is that all you have to say about being crushed by a rock yeah or a ferris wheel cabin what a way to go yeah really yeah. those things are those they're bolted in there yeah was this Ferris wheel in like a junkyard or something? No, it was in like an amusement park. The main oh, character wow. is, like works in an amusement park and the Ferris wheel cabin falls and he like pushes a little girl on the way to save her. They need better state inspectors. I know, literally. <laughs> I should reread that book. Batman mourns the sacrifice and death of Robin and then sort of ironically buries him under a mound <laughs> of stones. <laughs> It's like he was crushed by a rock, and then Batman's Here. like, uh. Here's some more rocks. To bury him, I'll, I shall pour I'll more rocks. I'll put these with the other rock. On top of it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Batman then continues to wander the wastes. He's weakened by thirst and is still feeling watched. He calls out in desperation to whoever is watching him, telling them to reveal themselves. Then a giant red alien beast appears from the sands, and Batman accepts his fate, screaming, It's my fault Robin died! I don't want to live anymore! This big, I'm just going to call it a dinosaur cat thing. Yeah, it sort of looks like a mix between a dinosaur and a tiger. It's going to haunt my nightmares. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Sheldon. <laughs> thank you so much. I didn't want to sleep anyway. <laughs> Thanks. It's got it's got a uh, tusks yeah. in the front. It's just the eyes. The giant giant eyes. But it makes sense later. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they did it so they could tie it into the, uh, the second part of the comic. <laughs> uh, we are then shown that Batman is in a research facility and that this is all a hallucination that he's having. Mm -hmm. The doctor sees that he's had enough, and him and Robin come into the room, snapping Batman out of his nightmare. As they unhook the wires and sensors, they explain that he was in a simulation flight that an astronaut might experience if he were to make it into space alone. The general, who is also with them, who I assume works for like either U.S. aerospace or whatever, mm -hmm. he says that Batman has contributed to space medicine. Space medicine! <laughs> I love that. Uh, I also thought it was very trusting to assume that those scientists weren't going to pull off his cowl after he blacked out. Yeah, it, it is super weird that he's 
it's Batman, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll be a guinea pig. Yeah, couldn't billionaire Bruce Wayne have just volunteered? Exactly. Well, I think the whole point of it mm. was they were like, well, Batman is, like, mentally hardened, mm. and he's he's one of the hardiest specimens that, so we we could, think. that we could test on, and so that's why we're bringing him in. But... Yeah, I mean, that's why Bruce Wayne couldn't do it, because he's he's a soft, rich boy, whereas Batman is is, is hardened. He should have uh, done that thing where he painted his face underneath the cowl, so even if they took it off, they still wouldn't know who he is. Because mm. everyone knows if you paint your face, instantly unrecognizable. <laughs> <laughs> or he could have it so that, I mean, I've seen in some um, some comics or movies or something, he has where they try to move his cowl and it like shocks them. Ooh. Actually, I think that's in the video games because there's there's a, a part in the video game where you play as uh, it's like Robin, like Nightwing or something, and you watch them trying to take Batman's cowl off and it like shocks one of them to unconsciousness. Gotcha. <laughs> they wanted to test the limits on the human mind and then they tell Batman to take a rest. The next day, he recounts his hallucination to the doctors, realizing that the eyes watching him were the doctors, and that he shouldn't have been fear shouldn't have feared the loneliness. The doctor corrects him, saying that loneliness is one of man's basest fears, and that his concern for Robin came forth in his hallucinations, hmm. and it was well founded. Hmm. As Batman leaves the office, the doctor worries that and hopes that Batman does not succumb to the stress and shock of the experiment. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Foreshadowing? I'm, well, it's part one of a two-part comic. So, so now we move into chapter two. As the dynamic duo are heading home, they see three gorillas on the roof of the Acme Loan Company. Mm-hmm. Robin gets Batman up to speed and tells him that... The gorilla gang is in town, and it's actually just three men dressed as gorillas. That's my favorite trap song. Gorilla <laughs> gang, gorilla gang, gorilla gang, gorilla gang. <laughs> uh, they've, they've come to Gotham after having committed crimes in other cities. Mm-hmm. So, the two climb up the fire escape to make monkeys out of these apes oh as Batman delivers a punch to one of them. The simian criminals climb onto a girder held up by a construction crane to get away, and as Robin gives chase, Batman sees the crane transform into the stone giant from his hallucination. Ooh, no. The real villain was PTSD. <laughs> he tackles Robin out of the, uh, off the side of the building, but Robin's shouts snap him back to reality soon enough for him to grab onto the ledge. Which would dislocate some people's shoulders, <laughs> but not Batman. No. Nah. He's fine. He's great. He's fine. He can carry Robin and hold on to a ledge while moving. He's he's okay. He's great. Listen, he's Batman. Sure. <laughs> the criminals get away, but Batman assures Robin that he'll be fine by tomorrow morning. Listen, Robin, take take it from me. I lead a team. Don't believe that I'll be better by tomorrow crap, all right? <laughs> Everyone always takes at least two days off after a near-death experience. <laughs> Bruce returns home, greeting Alfred and Ace, um, who I don't think we've ever covered before on the podcast. We haven't gone over his first appearance. We haven't. We'll we'll eventually do um, an episode entirely dedicated to Ace the Bat Hound. Yeah. But all you need to know is that Ace is Bruce's dog, who also doubles as a dog companion to Batman. Yeah. I also want to say Sheldon Maldoff thinks he knows how to draw a dog. Yeah, this is not a good-looking dog. <laughs> this is this is one of the worst drawing. I mean, not one of the worst drawings. It's better than a child's drawing of a dog, but it has, like, emotionless eyes. Yeah, it's not. It's real weird-looking. Its tongue is real long. <laughs> I would not want that thing to try to bring me comfort. It looks a little closer to a coyote or maybe just, like, a taxidermy dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be a German Shepherd. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Good job, Sheldon. So, anyway. uh, At 4 a.m., his shouting wakes the house, and Dick finds Bruce yelling about the tentacle plant from his hallucination. After waking Bruce, Dick suggests that the dog should sleep with him so he doesn't feel so alone. Then he and Alfred exchange worried looks. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, The next night, Dick finds Bruce in the Batcave, suiting up. Bruce assures Dick that he feels fine. And besides, the gorilla gang is still at large, so he needs to track them down. Absolutely. 
Later, the two rush to the scene of a burglar alarm where the gorilla gang has pulled their next caper. You know what you know what they're up to? What's that? Monkey business. <laughs> <laughs> Gorillas are apes, not monkeys. Okay. We're turning this back into an animal facts podcast. <laughs> Quick, I have 20 facts about zebras. <laughs> the duo split up to catch them, but the gang quickly piles into a getaway car and attempts to run Batman down. And Batman stands frozen in fear as he watches the car transform into the alien beast. It's that stupid cat thing again. <laughs> Yeah, luckily Robin is able to dart and reach into the driver's window and yanks the wheel, causing the car to barely miss Batman and goes crashing through a barrel of camphor flakes. So he really ran up to a moving car and jerked the wheel to yeah. like move it out. Of the- uh-huh. Wouldn't it have been easier to just push Batman out of the way? I don't think he was close enough to Batman. Because the idea is they come in, he says, let's split up. They do a fork maneuver. Okay. Yeah. So, That's so, a chess thing. <laughs> y formation. Yeah. I got so, it. So Robin's on one side of the car. Batman's on the other side of the car. It's going to be quicker for him to run over and grab the steering wheel. And he also doesn't risk getting hit by the car himself. He does risk getting, like, thrown at, like, terminal velocity into a building and breaking his spine. Well, they just push him off. They just push him off the car. Okay. Okay. They're not going that fast. They just revved the engine and started traveling towards them. Then how does yanking the wheel do anything if the car's not moving? No, it's not. I didn't say the car's not moving. I said it wasn't moving very fast. Okay. They just started it up. They're getting it up to speed. You don't immediately go very fast. You don't. I I do. (laughs) Batman snaps out of it. Okay. He snaps out of his frozen state, and the two head home with the gang having escaped again. Back at the Batcave, Bruce realizes that there is something very wrong with him. Mm, Took him long enough. And he tells Dick that he must retire as Batman, and Robin cries. We thought this was the death of Robin, but really, it was the death of Batman all along. And this was the last comic, so bye everyone. We're done. Robin dons his costume to meet with the professor that he will be giving a testimony with about a different case. This is the case from earlier in the comic. Mm -hmm. So he's going to discuss the testimony that they're going to give, it seems. I don't know. Maybe he's also going to meet with a lawyer or something. Yeah, maybe. It's something that he's going to do in costume as Robin. Yeah, well, you know. Can't give give testimony as Dick Grayson because why would Dick Grayson have been there to witness it? Sure. Actually, there's there's a couple of times where they do that, where it's like Batman or Robin goes to court and testifies as Batman or Robin. It makes sense. Does that that means that they they must have been they get like sweared in, sworn in, sworn in as yeah Batman and do you Batman? Well, they're deputized, so they're able to do that. They still have to be sworn in. Even cops have to be sworn in. I know. I'm just saying they don't have to reveal their identities because they're deputized. <laughs> it's important. I don't think that's how that works. Can you talk about that comic you were reading where uh, Bruce is, is in jury duty? Oh yeah, yeah. So there's an ep- there's a there's a comic of it's either Batman Adventures or Gotham Adventures. It's one of the ones that's like based on the t- on the animated television series where Bruce Wayne goes to jury duty. They ask him if there's any reason why he shouldn't be on the jury, and he tells them, yes, because I'm Batman. And the whole jury laughs, and the judge tells him he needs to be serious, and then he serves on the jury for a guy that he helped catch as Batman. And this is why Gotham is corrupt, and we need judicial reform. (laughs) Robin also has a secret meeting with the space experiment scientist who assures him that... Space doctor. (laughs) Sure, whatever. He specializes in space medicine. Okay. (laughs) Tell tell us what he assures Robin. He assures Robin that Batman will be back to normal eventually. He he just needs some time. Remember that the doctor says that this will take some time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, yeah, this is... He went through a horrific experience. Some people have PTSD for decades. I don't think you can get rid of PTSD without, like, treatment. 
No, you you do need some kind of treatment. But it, this doctor is just like, nah, it'll pass. <laughs> it was it was early. <laughs> it was it was the 60s. Yeah. It was early in space medicine. We know much more now. Did this guy go to a university? You think his his degree says space medicine? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what university Gotham University is giving out space medicine degrees? Yeah. That and uh, you know, acrobatics scholarship. <laughs> trapeziology (laughs) anyway so after that panel bruce gets a buzz on his bat signal uh not the one you're thinking of it's not the light in the sky it's like a radio looking thing that buzzes Mm. and he gets a call from commissioner gordon who informs him that the gorilla gang intercepted robin while he was on his way to meet with that other scientist and they left a note saying that they'll be sending Robin out of this world at dawn and threaten that he'll be next if he interferes with their robberies. Despite his reservations, Bruce dons the costume again with Robin's life at stake. He interrogates all of his underworld contacts, and as dawn approaches, he wonders if he'll even be able to save Robin or if he'll black out like last night. Thinking of last night, though, reminds him of the camphor flakes, which leave a smell behind, and while it would be too faint for him to track, he knows that Ace would be able to. So he grabs the hound and tracks the scent. I like his little, he's got a little doggy cowl. Yeah, he does. He has, he has a little, like... He's in uniform. He has a costume. To disguise his identity. Yeah. <laughs> because people might see him and be like, oh, shoot, that's Bruce Wayne's dog. <laughs> Ace is Bruce Wayne's dog. We gotta kill Bruce Wayne to get back at the Bat Hound. Oh, man. Could you... Ah, man. I could s- totally see that, though, and somebody being like, ah, that's Bruce Wayne's dog, and then somebody else being like, no, Bruce Wayne has said multiple times that he's friends with Batman. He probably lets Batman borrow mm-hmm. his, his dog. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I feel all of this is actually wacky and wild. It gets weirder. I'm so excited. Keep going. (laughs) I'm so excited for what's coming next. We jump cut to the hideout at dawn, uh, and Robin is tied to a giant balloon. It looks like something out of, like, the World's Fair. (laughs) It's it's like a weather balloon or something. Mm -hmm. So this is how they're going to send him out of this world. Wait a minute. They did this on Gotham. They did? Oh my god. Yeah, the, the Gotham television show has a villain that uh, attaches balloons to people to kill them. Yeah. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird and bad way to go. Mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't want to go that way. Would you rather get lifted up as a weather balloon or have be crushed by a boulder? Or uh, the other way people die in that episode, the person who was up in the weather balloon who died and froze to death falls on you and kills you. <laughs> Okay, I would say, out of all of those, although it's a bad way to go, actually probably getting tied to a weather balloon. You get some beautiful views before you exactly. die. Exactly. You'd be kind of fun. I'd be like, wee, you know? Ugh, not fun, no. <laughs> all the people look like ants from up here. No, terrifying. <laughs> you know, before you freeze to death, run out of oxygen, slash fall to your doom. Yeah. Before the gorilla gang cut the ropes to the balloon that Robin is tied to, one of them hears footsteps and asks the other to go investigate. So when he returns, they ask him if anyone was there, and he exclaims, Yes, me! As he removes his gorilla mask to reveal that he is Batman. Batman in this gorilla outfit is an image that needs to become iconic. Everyone needs <laughs> this a, like to a, see this. A meme in a meme in the works. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Batman in a gorilla costume for like six panels. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he throws he throws the mask at them as well. Obviously, he stole the costume from the guy who went to check. No, I think it's been him this whole time. <laughs> As Batman and Ace the Bat-Hound attack the two remaining gang members, one of them lets go of an axe, and it cuts the ropes of the balloon, sending Robin skyward. 
This is another one of those things. It's like that that issue that we read where the bad guy had his gun go off and like it hit the lock to a cage that had a tiger in it. Yeah, these that are was like last week. one in a million shots where he like drops this axe. It he didn't purposefully <laughs> cut the ropes. He just drops the axe and it happens to fall on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Well. The way that Marvel does it is that's, like, basically what Wanda Maximoff's power is. Is, is like she's l- able to, like, alter probability. Luck so that manipulation. It's like, oh, there was, like, a 1% chance that this could happen, but Wanda's going to make it so it's a 100% chance that it would happen. So, anyway, the ropes surround Batman, and he, but he maintains his composure, even though they resemble the tentacles of the alien plant. Uh, he picks up the axe and hurls it at the balloon, which punctures it and allows Robin to float back down to Earth. The gang is jailed, and Batman tells Robin that the danger of a real potential death at dawn shocked him back to normal. Mm. His love for Robin cured his PTSD. Yeah. That doctor was a moron. You don't need therapy. You just need love. So now dawn is a sign that Batman's career has returned. Mm. And I think, moral of the story, if you have trauma, the solution is more trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Terrible moral, Joshua. Thank you for that. Do you have a better moral? Um, Just, like, study space medicine. (laughs) And uh, get a little mask for your doggy. Get costumes for your dog. Costumes for your dog. And if you and your friends want to do crime, make sure that you dress up in really hard to move in and probably <laughs> like really hot mascot costumes. It'll work out just fine. <laughs> I mean, there are bank robbers that have done that. They all wear matching masks and stuff. But not like full on mascot costumes, I don't think. Not full on gorilla costumes? No. There's gotta be at least, not as a gang, but there must have been at least a few people who have robbed a bank in a gorilla costume. I guarantee you that's happened. Okay. On next episode, we'll follow up on that and see if you're right. (laughs) So I wanted to mention a few things about this comic storyline, this like Robin dies at dawn comic storyline. This story has remained canon throughout the different eras of DC Comics. In a 2009 story arc, uh, The Final Crisis, Batman explains that he took part in the experiment to better understand the Joker's psyche. And that's one of the reasons why he took part in this, this like isolation experiment. Wild. Also in that Final Crisis retelling... The scientist who is the one that's doing the experiments is retconned to be Dr. Hurt, an immortal ancestor of Thomas Wayne, who's like a devil worshiper. Okay. And is also named Thomas Wayne. Okay. (laughs) So that's just the weird stuff. Uh, And also, in 2015, in a New 52 comic series called Grayson, which is about... Richard Grayson, after his identity as Nightwing is revealed to the public, Dick retells the story from the alien planet as a dream that he had. Hmm. He says that this whole, like, them being chased by a giant rock colossus is a dream that he had. Interesting. And he quotes the, the, I'm still waiting for you, big boy, part in that comic. Love it. (laughs) And that's uh, that's how this comic has remained relevant throughout history. Yeah, I like it. It's a uh, it's a weird one. It is a weird one. It's it, got everything I could want. Exactly. Uh, it's like peak Silver Age. You have uh, sci-fi, alien stuff, space medicine, space medicine. Yeah, it's you, human experimentation. Guys dressing up in like weird costumes to commit crimes and um, melodramatics of like Robin almost dying. And then crying because Batman's like, it's I'm really it's really it's, over. It's done. I'm, I'm I never fight crime again. I'm really done with it. <laughs> so Dick is not the only Robin to have died. <laughs> Actually, I think most of them have died in some form or the other. Yeah. yeah there's a really good comic that was early on in Rebirth where like 
all of the Robins are like eating at a fast food restaurant together and they're talking about like their different histories. They're like, oh yeah, and like you died and that was before you died and that was before I died. <laughs> and Damien's like, have all of you died? And they're like, yeah, you know, you'll get used to it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so I want to talk about Jason Todd, who I don't know why. He's just maybe one of my favorite Robins. Uh, this might be a story we've told on the podcast before, but Josh and I met on Tinder when he messaged me and he asked me who my favorite Batman villain was. And I said it was the Red Hood because I really like him. And I had actually not recently, but I, I had watched Under the Red Hood and I really liked that storyline. And I really liked Jason and everything that he stood for. I just like that sort of like anti-hero yeah. outlaw kind of thing. Uh, so here's a little bit about Jason Todd, the original dead Robin. Life was never easy for poor Jason Todd. Separated from his birth mother at a young age, Jason lived with his father, Willis, a crony who worked for and was eventually murdered by Two-Face. Oh, jeez. And his stepmother, Catherine, a drug addict who eventually overdosed. Mm. So following the death of his so-called parents, Jason lived by himself in an apartment in Crime Alley and got really good at stealing tires. Unfortunately, one night he stole the tires off of the Batmobile and had a run-in with Batman. Uh, seeing Jason's potential for crime stopping, Batman took in the 12-year-old as his second Robin. And in their run together, the two faced off against big-name villains like Two-Faced, KG Beast, and an evil priest named Deacon Blackfire, which really makes us want me want us to do a Bronze Age podcast. Yeah. If we can cover things like yeah. that. Deacon Blackfire is in the Arkham Knight, uh, the final video game. Mm -hmm. He's like one of the side missions that you can... He's he's doing like human sacrifices or something. Yeah, he's, he runs an evil cult, but he's dressed like a priest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like classic like head-to-toe black robes yeah. kind of priest. Creepy. The differences between Dick and Jason were vast and obvious. Jason was much more reckless and angry than Dick had ever been. On an adventure with the Teen Titans, Jason gets really frustrated when the team expects him to figure out a plan and save everyone, because that's what Dick would do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, something that the old Robin would have done. Mm -hmm. In Batman 424, Jason crosses Batman's uncrossable line. This was the Bronze Age where things were allowed to be a lot darker, a lot grittier. Uh, things in the Bronze Age were like a little bit more adult, a lot more adult. Yeah, I mean, the comics code had lax, had become laxer at that point, mm -hmm. and they weren't policing stuff as tightly. And, and that's also why you see in the Bronze Age the rise of supernatural villains, mm -hmm. because the original comics code said you're not allowed to have like ghosts and vampires and... and you know, all that sort of stuff. And then in the Bronze Age, then you get like Swamp Thing and John Constantine and all, all these sort of supernatural heroes, anti-heroes and villains. Yeah. The point that I'm trying to make is the Bronze Age was much darker because the thing I'm about to tell you is a storyline that you would never see in the Silver Age. No, no. In Batman 424, Jason does the unthinkable. After witnessing a sexual assault and taking in the perp, a man named Felipe, Batman and Robin are horrified to find the man is back on the street in only 45 minutes. Due to being the son of a foreign ambassador, the rapist has diplomatic immunity and the GCPD can't touch him. Later in this comic, Felipe's victim commits suicide. And full of rage, Jason follows Felipe to his apartment alone. When Batman finally catches up, he sees Felipe fall to his death and finds Robin in the window above. Jason claims the man merely slipped. Mm. He didn't do anything. Jason eventually finds his real mother has been working with refugees in Ethiopia. Batman and Robin track her down, and Jason slowly discovers that she has a criminal past and is being blackmailed by the Joker. In the events of the comic A Death in the Family, Jason finds himself alone in a warehouse with his mother as well as the Joker. And with Batman tracking down a truck full of Joker venom, Jason tries to take down the clown all by himself. However, his horrible mother double-crosses him and leads him into a trap. <gasps> and I'm wondering if they'll ever do the, like, Death of Robin storyline in any of the, like, DC Universe Snyderverse stuff. Because they've always said that, like, Harley was an accomplice to his death. And mm. they allude to the fact that, like, he got beaten with a crowbar by Joker. And I'm wondering if Harley might take that, like... Uh, Jason's mother role or maybe she like was pretending to be Jason's mother or maybe she like befriended him and led him into the trap I don't know 
Stop writing good stories for DC Get for the Snyderverse. Get me, Zack Snyder. I have ideas. Let's just put the Snyderverse to rest and have them write good stories on their own. Fine, fine, fine. So, death in the family. His mother double-crosses him. Very sad. Being the great guy that he is, Joker beats Jason nearly to death with a crowbar and then ties his mother up and sets off a bomb in the warehouse. Tell me, does it hurt more with the backhand or the forehand? Stop. I hate it. It's horrible. (laughs) Jason does manage to untie his mother, God knows why, to try to get her to safety, but he's too late. The bomb explodes, killing them both. And I guess I should put a little backstory about the Death in the Family storyline. There was basically a contest, not really, not really a contest. They did sort of like a survey. You know how you used to be able to call into American Idol to vote for who you wanted to win the next week? They did basically that, where you would call one number. The comic ends on a cliffhanger with the warehouse exploding. And you would call one number if you wanted Jason to end up dead. And you would call another number if you wanted Jason to be alive. And over the years, it's been discovered that, like, maybe there was some fudging of numbers. Or maybe it was a lot closer than people think it was. It it was really close. It was really, really close. What I remember, it was something along the lines of, like, 27 votes or something was the difference between him living and him being killed. So by an extremely narrow margin, it was decided that Jason was going to stay dead. Although, this is comics. Nobody, no one's ever really gone. Yeah, no one's ever really died. So the bomb explodes, killing them both. Sorry, I did a double check while you were talking. It's 72 votes, not 27. I had the numbers flipped. Okay. So it was 72 votes was a difference between, and actually I had the full numbers here. It was 500, or sorry, 5,343 votes in favor of the death versus 5,271 for his survival. So Y'all are sick. <laughs> almost 50-50 with like 11,000 people calling in. I don't know why you would put that kind of decision up to the fans. Unless they already had, like, something in their back pocket for, like, oh, who's going to be the next Robin? Yeah. I mean, they probably did already. They're doing that whole vote on which story you want to see in that round Robin thing that they're running right now. Which actually is in one of its final rounds. There's only four left as of the recording of this podcast. They'll be announcing the final two soon. But right now, it's Green Lantern's Underworld on Fire, Robin's Blue Beetle, and Suicide Squad 7. All right. So, Robin's has a chance. I really hope it gets it. I mean, the thing is called Round Robin. I'm not going to pretend it's not, like, fixed. So, there's that. It's No, I don't think it's fixed. Okay. Round Robin is just the name of a type of contest. Yes. And speaking of Robins, let's get back into it. Okay. So, when we last left our story, Jason was dead. (laughs) During the events of Infinite Crisis, which was a storyline that happened around like 2005-2006, Superboy Prime punches his way out of an extra-dimensional prison that he has been trapped in for 20 years since the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. This... Punching of reality, as many people call it, triggered many ripples in the fabric of reality and time, including, luckily, bringing Jason Todd back to life, unfortunately with amnesia. (laughs) He is eventually found by Talia al Ghul, who restores his vitality and his memories through the use of a Lazarus pit. Talia then kind of brainwashes Jason and convinces him his death was never avenged, poisoning his opinion of Batman. Have we talked about Lazarus Pits before? Uh, If we haven't, they're like this big magical soup uh, that if you go into it and you're dead, you'll come out alive. Yeah. You know. I think you have to be close to death. It's in the name. I don't know if you can be completely dead. I'm pretty sure there's people who've been, Jason a few times has been lowered and they're pretty dead. Yeah. And he comes back. Yeah, I think it's like the further you get from death, the less mental faculties you have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're revived. The other thing I saw was that she puts him in the pit when Rachel Ghoul is also in there. So like, mm, they kind of took a bath together. (laughs) Fun. Uh, Jason attempts to kill Batman by planting a bomb under the Batmobile. 
But he abandons this plan when he realizes that Batman wouldn't know that Jason was his killer. And he'd never know that Jason came back to life. So he's I, like, that's not going to work. I'd never, I'd never get the credit for it. Yeah, he wouldn't know I was back to life. And he wouldn't know that I'm the one who killed him. So scrap that. Back to the drawing board. Okay. <laughs> Jason appears briefly in the Hush storyline where he kidnaps Tim Drake, the third Robin, the Robin who replaced him, and takes him to Jason's grave. However, Batman is never really sure what's real or not due to some swapping shenanigans with Clayface and hallucinations caused by Scarecrow's fear gas. He's basically like, well, I thought I saw Jason, but all this other stuff was happening. So like, was it really him? Was it Clayface? Was it the fear gas? I don't know. Mm. So he's kind of like, not sure. And then the events of Under the Red Hood happen. It's a great movie. You should watch it. Long story short, Jason goes to war with the Black Mask over control of Gotham's drug dealers. He beats the Joker with a crowbar. He fights Tim at Titan's Tower and rips the R off of his costume. And eventually he takes Joker hostage and has a final confrontation with Batman. Jason asks Batman why he never avenged his death, and Batman replies that he could never cross that line. Jason forces Batman to choose, either kill the Joker or kill Jason. And of course, with one thrown Batarang, that plan is thrown completely off the rails and everyone escapes with their lives. Luckily. He throws the Batarang into the muzzle of the gun, right? I think he does that in the movie. In what the, the comic that I read, he kind of, it like ricochets off of uh, Jason's shoulder and then uh, uh, Joker is able to like get free. It's uh, a whole thing. Okay. I okay. think the building explodes, but like they're all fine. Yeah, I mean, that happens in the movie, too, that I know the building yes. explodes. Yeah, Because that's part of the whole, like, uh, the whole ultimatum thing is that, you know, it's like, either you kill him or you kill me or we all die together because yeah. I have uh, bombs. Jason's the best. Jason joined the battle for the cowl following Batman's apparent death. But after losing to Dick, he sets out to become Batman's new arch nemesis. <laughs> and Jason creates a new kind of more dramatic costume uh, and even recruits Professor Pig's daughter. Her name is Scarlet to be his new sidekick. And following his capture, Jason was held at Arkham Asylum, but he transferred to a regular prison after passing all of his psychological checks. And in the regular prison, Jason poisons the cafeteria food, killing 82 people. Oh, jeez. So he's transferred back to Arkham. <laughs> <laughs> but while being transferred, he escapes and he frees Scarlet and the two of them plant bombs all across Gotham to distract Batman and Robin, and they fly off in a helicopter together. See, now you Aww. said... You said that there was some... One of the other criminals is who you think of when you think of, like, you'll never find all the... Oh, it was Riddler, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll never, never find, find all the vines in time, Batman. Batman. But it seems like Jason is really the person who... You know, if you just want to distract Batman, just plant a couple bombs around Gotham, and he'll never find them all in time. Anarchy's done that a bunch of times, too, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. So that's the end of Jason in, I guess you would call it the mainstream continuity? timeline. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the mainstream continuity. That's actually just where New 52 then begins. Oh, and okay. stuff's kind of reset. So that is uh, New Earth, I believe New is Earth. what it's called. Yes. yes. So Jason spent the New 52 as a vigilante, hanging out with Starfire and Arsenal to create an anti-hero group called the Outlaws. He teamed up with the Bat family only really when it suited his own needs and when it was convenient. And this morally gray version of Jason continues into today's storylines uh, with ongoing storylines in Rebirth, including kidnapping and torturing the Penguin and trying to override a mind-controlled Artemis by kissing her. It doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, I, this didn't, so that's kind of, that's kind of the end of his, uh, current timeline. He's, you know, still ongoing in Rebirth, doing a bunch of different things as this morally gray character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he then, kind of calls himself the outlaw sometimes. Sometimes he calls himself Red Hood. So where did he get the Red Hood, like, moniker from? Great question. It didn't come up organically in my timeline. But Jason calls himself the Red Hood as a weird homage to the Joker. Before becoming the Clown Prince of Crime, Joker took on the mantle of Red Hood One, the leader of the Red Hood gang. Uh, the gang's prime motive was to cause chaos and destruction throughout Gotham. And Red Hood One accidentally falling into a vat of acid is one of the most commonly told origin stories of the Joker. Mm -hmm. You can see that in uh, The Killing Joke. You can see it in Under the Red Hood. It's a whole thing. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and I believe in the Killing Joke comic, it's the Red Hood gang is actually a group of criminals who are using a Red Hood, but it's like a bunch of different people are putting on the Red Hood. Yeah, pretty and, much. And they're committing crimes, and it's like, well, this is a Red Hood gang, but in terms of like who actually did it, it switches from like person to person. Yeah, pretty much. It's just sort of like a calling card kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's Jason. Okay. He's the Red Hood. He is. And sometimes he's dead. But and, usually he's not. And he's a loose cannon. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have more about, like, the other times that he sort of went against Batman's will. I know you were talking about the time that he, like, kicked a guy out of a window, which I yeah. think is, is pretty impactful. He had kind of a short-lived stint as Robin. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why they had that storyline, because it was like, mm, we don't really know if people are liking Jason all that much. Should we just kill him? <laughs> And the fans were like, yeah, but then a similar proportion of the fans were like, no, but the ones who were like, yeah, we're just a little bit louder. They were like, okay. There we go. They killed a 12 year old boy. Horrible. I'll never forgive anybody for this. I've read a lot of comics from that, like the Jason Todd era, just because it's like easy to pick them up at comic shows. They're pretty cheap a lot of the time. Dark stuff. It is. Yeah. He's, he's a a disturbed boy. I mean, rightfully so. His parents were criminals. Uh, He was kind of thrust into this position and had such a, you know, Dick Grayson was was such a mantle to live up to, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, such a role model to live up to. And For he, all of us. He couldn't exactly fit into those shoes. And he, he's, he's upset about it, you know? He, kids got issues. And, yeah. <laughs> and those issues continue into his, his modern incarnations. Yep. Love him. Did you want to talk about different versions of him? Has he been in other stuff? Uh, I know that he shows up in the Batman Adventures Continue comic that came out recently. Yeah, I mean, he's in pretty much every animated show. He'll show up at some point. He's in Lego in like Batman. Mo- modern stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in Lego Batman. He's in Injustice. He's part of the Bat family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there isn't really anything super distinctive to okay. say about his roles in this. I thought it was interesting that they added him in the Batman Adventures Continue comics, which are based on the animated series and are supposedly like take place in the same universe as the animated series because the original animated series when they had tim drake as robin they sort of combined tim drake and jason todd in the same character so he was still a little bit more rough around the edges tim drake was just like jason was so them introducing him into the adventures continue was sort of an odd choice for me yeah i guess they just this is sort of I think it's just a way for them to kind of shoehorn in animated series designs of, like, modern characters. They love that Bruce Timm aesthetic. Yeah. I don't know. It's a a choice, for sure. It's certainly a choice. I'm I'm enjoying those comics for the most part. There's a couple of things that rub me the wrong way, but... um, I don't know. His his portrayal in that is is pretty solid, I Mm -hmm. think. Well, anything else you wanted to add about Jason or... Anything else you wanted to plug? Not really. I mean, we watched the Judas Contract this week. Yeah, uh, several years too late, yeah. but good movie. <laughs> it's got Dick Grayson in it. It does, and it was interesting seeing his relationship with Corey. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people get crushed by boulders in that movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> so watch that, or watch Teen Titans season two. Yeah, season two covers the Judas Contract. Yeah, that's a good one too. That one's a little less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to reach us, you can reach us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com, like we said at the top of the show. You can also reach us at batmates on Twitter. And I uh, hope you have a good week, everybody. Yeah. We look forward to covering another Robin next week. Yeah, we're skipping Tim. Just just deal with it. Yeah, we're going to go straight on to Batman's son, Damien, next week. The best, the cutest one. <laughs> oh, man, I love him. He's so cute. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye.